You're listening to the Morning Brew with Stu Podcast, and here's your host, Stuart Brooking. And here we go. Welcome to the Morning Brew with Stu. As always, I'm your host, Stuart Brooking, and the draft season, sadly, but at the same time, relief-wise, is coming to an end for me. By the time you guys are hearing this, it is draft day. The Indianapolis Colts have the fourth overall pick, as long as they don't trade up or trade back. I guess we'll find out come draft time at 8 p.m. by the time you guys hear this. Eastern time, you know, central time, 7 p.m. You live over on the other side of the country. You know, who knows what time it is. But for me, it's 8 p.m. For my guest today, Jay Stevens, it's 8 p.m. And the Colts have the fourth overall pick. The Colts are likely going to take a quarterback. For me, the mock draft dropped yesterday. And the big board, top 50 big board with all 50 players will drop this morning. Or it's already dropped this morning, so go on Twitter, check it out. And it will be it. For me, it's just time to sit back, relax, and enjoy the NFL draft. And like I mentioned in the intro, my guest today is Jay Stevens. He's a fellow Colts fan. We're going to talk about the Colts. We're going to talk about what we think they do. We're going to talk about, because he's also an Ohio State fan, some of the Ohio State players in this draft. And Jay, welcome, first of all. But second of all, this is the most stressful draft I've had, I've experienced in a long, long time. Stu, it's good to be back. And I'm right there with you as far as like stressful. I normally don't get stressed out for the draft. I'm normally pretty calm. I normally watch. First half of the first round, a little bit of day two, day three. I'm kind of in and out. If I don't watch it at all, I don't really, not really upset about it. This year, the first round is going to get a lot of attention from me because I think Chris Ballard, he can save his job by doing well day one, day two of this year's draft. Uh, I'll share my thoughts about that maybe a little bit later in the show. But uh, I'm watching not just for the Ohio State flavor, because I, I do think there's a way for Chris Bauer to have two first-round picks in this year's draft. I just don't know if he's going to do it. Yeah, yeah, I guess we'll find out. But, all right, let's start with this, Jay. What do you think the Colts should – I'll tell you what the Colts should do. I think they should trade up to three, and they should take whatever quarterback falls to them at three, whether it's C.J. Stroud, whether it's Bryce Young, whether it's Anthony Richardson or, or – or Will Levis. I don't necessarily like the last two, but you know, if you do, then don't the best in the draft, the best offense is defense. So trade up to go, you know, t- keep the other teams from getting in front of you to get your guy, especially if you believe he's the guy, whether I do or not, it doesn't matter. I don't get paid what the scouts and, and everybody else gets paid. I think they should trade up, Jay. I think they should go get their guy. I think they should finally get the. You know, coconuts, is that what is what, what Bill Rafferty says or whatever it is that he calls them to to make a deal happen and move up into the draft to go get their guy? That's what I think they should do. Jay, what do you think should happen for the Indianapolis Colts on night one of the draft? What I think they should do? Yeah. So we'll what they will do here, what we think they'll do here in a minute, <laughs> but what they should do. Okay, okay. What I think they should do, Stu, is I'm thinking one is a quarterback, two Texans go quarterback, three is a defensive player. And no matter if it's Jalen Carter or Tyree Wilson or Will Anderson Jr., go out and get one of those three guys. Preferably the edge guy, go out there and get him. 
and then try to get Handon Hooker with your second round pick. I think it's, I think I got this from you, and I kind of had more of a belief after thinking about it after you hit me with it later on. Um, you got I, I think the defense. You got to go defense because if the options are Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, I'm out, bro. Like I'm out. I, I, I'm completely out of that. And the reason why I said the Texans are going quarterback too, because to me that takes up Stroud and Bryce Young. So you're left with Levis, Richardson, or Hooker, one of the three. I think Hooker's the best of the three, but I think because of his injury, you can get him in the second round, maybe latter part of the first. Keep in mind, the Colts have the 35th pick overall, which I do believe this year is the fourth pick in the second round since the I think the Dolphins forfeited a pick in the first round. So you can get Hingen Hooker 35th overall in this year's draft and set yourself up for success over the next three to five to six years with him. I think if they go Levis, if they were to not go like that, <clears throat> it's really a recipe for a disaster. But I think if you have the chance to get Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, mainly Tyree Wilson or Jalen or Will Anderson Jr., if you have a chance to get them at four, you hop on it. Take care of it. Do it right away. Because you're not only getting a top player, you're feeling a need that the Colts have right now. Yeah, you talked about this kind of, you know, before we started recording, we kind of talked about this, and you said that you think Chris Beller could save his job in this draft. And I I, I agree. I, I don't think you save your job by lying. And what I mean by lying is this. He has sat here for how many years, you know, the Carson Wentz era, the Philip Rivers era, and what's he said when we've asked him about drafting quarterbacks, when he's been asked about drafting quarterbacks, he said, you don't just draft a quarterback because you got to draft a quarterback, right? He has said that himself. He said, you don't just draft a guy because you feel like you need one. You got to draft a guy who's right for the position. And for me, I do feel like if they take a Will Levis or they take an Anthony Richardson, you're taking a guy just because you need a guy. I, I truly believe that. There's a lot of talent there with Anthony Richardson. I get it. There's a lot of talent there with Will Levis, so to speak. But, you know, I I just think I think everything that he's been saying for the last five years since Andrew Luck retired will go out the window as to what his philosophy has been if he if he all of a sudden drafts a guy like Will Levis or an Anthony Richardson with the fourth overall pick. I I don't I want what you said to happen. I do, because I would love Hendon Hooker. I think Hendon Hooker, when it's all said and done, just because I think he's been doubt he was doubted at Virginia Tech. He was doubted at Tennessee. He's being doubted as to how it's gonna work in the NFL right now. I just think he's the guy you can't like bet against. He's one of those guys. And I do think there's a real shot that if the Colts get him, this works at he he plays a lot like Jalen Hurts, and we saw exactly what Shane Steichen did with Jalen Hurts. I think you're probably going to have to trade back up into the sec the first round to get him, mm -hmm. maybe the end. That's fine. I mean, if you got to do it, you got to do it. I just, I do, I think that'd be perfect. But I also think if that fourth pick comes, Jay, and that's a defensive player, by the time they get to pick 25 or the second round, we're going to be seeing on channel 13 or 8 or 59 or 4, those are the news stations in Indianapolis, that there's a riot on West 56th Street downtown because the Colts didn't select their quarterback. I don't know. I'm with you. I would love that to happen. Absolutely love that to happen. But I don't think it will. 
I think the Colts are I, – I sent my friend this. I think Chris Ballard is just arrogant enough to sit at four, even if C.J. Stroud falls, who I think is the best quarterback in this draft class. I think he's just arrogant enough to think he'll get his guy or he'll get the best quarterback in this draft class, and it will prop open something like Las Vegas to trade in front of him. Minnesota to trade in front of him, Tennessee to trade in front of him, and take C.J. Stroud, and the Colts are left with Anthony Richardson or Will Levis. I think that's probably what's going to happen tonight for the NFL draft. Do you realize how dumb it would be if Stroud were to fall and not be the second, third pick, hey, I'm and with then you. the Colts I, are I, at four, I'm with you. and Chris Ballard doesn't take him? I mean, I'm I like I, I plan on – I told you this earlier. I plan on having Greg Rickstra on my podcast. If you had him on yours recently – and generally, most of the time when I have Greg Rakestraw on or even Ian Eagle or um, Don Fisher, I'm trying to get – I'm just trying to listen to the stories they tell. This time might be one of those times that if this happens to where Stroud's available at four and they go to get Will Levis, I might ask him or bring up the Stroud thing and share my opinion. Because it would be stupid, Stu. Like, I don't want to try to come I'm on here you. and just be like this hothead guy that's mad or anything. It would be stupid. To come out here and Chris Bauer to say, well, we don't want to just draft a quarterback because we got to draft because we need to have a quarterback or just to draft one or whatever he said. You literally have a guy that is a consensus, no worse than number two, best option at quarterback in this draft. So for you to say, oh man, well, he's there, but Will Levis is our guy, or we don't know, we don't know we're gonna move on. That would be dumb. Extremely dumb for him to do it. But but do it'll be a Chris Ballard move. Oh, so that's why that's why I said I think they'll do it. That's what I'm saying. I think he's just arrogant enough that even if CJ Stroud falls to, to three, he won't pull the trigger to, to trade up and go get him, and it will prop the room for Las Vegas or Tennessee or Minnesota to do so. Yeah, no, I don't think he'll trade up to three at all. I don't think he'll trade up to two. Um, I don't think the Texans will do any business with the Colts at all in this year's draft. Um, and I definitely don't think the Panthers will, they, they're not going to move from nine to one and then move from one to four. Like, you're not going to do that. So, um, they're taking Bryce I, Young number one overall. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess, it, I guess it might be the easiest thing of this draft. Um, but no, I think the Colts should go defense first. The coach should try to get Hooker no worse than 35th overall, probably between 22 to 28 might be the sweet spot for him. Um, Healthy, no ACL injury. He's gonna. He was probably going to be going into the NFL, being a starting quarterback. Now, growing pains, yes. Issues, yes. Learning curve, absolutely. But I still think he's fully healthy, not doing rehab right now. I think Hendon Hooker is a starting quarterback week one of the upcoming uh, NFL season, knowing that you're probably going to have a lot of growing pains throughout the season. You'll probably miss the playoffs. The Colts don't care. The Colts just want to improve, and I think Hendon Hooker would allow the Colts to do so. So, no, um, I don't know how I got to that part, but no, the Colts should uh, move up. Chris Bout. Arrogant's a good word to use. Um, you say arrogant, I think of Dan Dockage. I like Dockage's stuff every now and then, but I still think that he is a uh, he's a little arrogant, which I think he might tell you that as well. Like, I don't think he'll shy away from that thing about himself, but um, yeah, I just think the arrogance of Ballard, like you said, will uh, not be what motivates him or causes him to potentially move up. I don't see him moving up. If anything, he's going to trade back, stockpile picks, and uh, piss off the whole fan base. <laughs> now, if he let's say he trades back to 15, 
20, wherever. Let's say, let's say he makes a deal with Minnesota, who's at 24, 25, whatever. I, listen, you trade back, you get Hendon Hooker at 24, I'll be all right. Like, I'll be all right with that. I wouldn't be upset. You could get, you know, LSU defensive end, BJ Ojolari in the second round. You can get some good defensive guys in the second round there. But, um, all right. So we kind of talked about it a little bit on the defensive end side. Talk, obviously, quarterback's the big need for the Indianapolis Colts. But what other positions, Jay, are needed for the Colts? I look at it and I say, let's say they stay at four, they take a quarterback. I think a guy you could really see them get maybe in round two is a as corner from Utah, Clark Phillips. Mm-hmm. I like him a lot. That's a mm-hmm. guy that that is a position of need, especially after trading Stephon Gilmore. You let Brandon Faison go, I believe. There's a lot of other guys that are no longer on this team that were on that team last year that got some starting roles for you. So you're going to have to fill that position, I think, at corner. There's a kid out of Miami that's getting a lot of heat now to move up into the second round at corner. So maybe him as well. Maybe maybe a Deontay, Deontay Brooks or whatever it is from Maryland. There's a kid from um, uh, maybe Emmanuel Forbes falls there from Texas a or Mississippi State. Couldn't remember which school he went to, but maybe he falls there. I think they go corner in the second round because um, I do think they've drafted defensive ends lately and they they haven't hit, so maybe they steer away from that. Yeah, I think that there are kind of – there are a few positions that the Colts could go through. Um, I know at one point I said Colts, fourth pick, go off in the tackle. Um, and I even said that this is – couple weeks ago. I was like, off with the tackle, go Paris Johnson Jr. Um, don't go Peter Skaronsky. Go ahead and get Johnson Jr. Get you a solid tackle for the next eight, ten years. Um, he could get that. But I was like, ah, not really. Because I was still at number four. You have a chance to get Carter, Anderson, or Tyree Wilson. You kind of got to get them over the tackle. Um, I'm leaning. Kind you, of- can get, you can get a tackle, by the way, in the second round. You, you can get a Cody Mock from South Dakota State or North Dakota State. You could get, you know, maybe a Darnell Wright falls there. I mean, maybe you could move a – or maybe Dewan Jones, maybe he already plays tackle. If he doesn't, you could probably move him there. Like, you could get a guy in the second round. You can get a guy in the second round, and uh, um, I'll get the cat from Tennessee over Dewan Jones. Um, I know it's Indianapolis yeah. ties. I know he went to high school um, not far from downtown Indianapolis, but I'm not all in on him right now as being a second round piece for any NFL team. But I think about positions, the Colts have need um, quarterback being the biggest one. Um, still to me, a left tackle is, is a need that the Colts have early in the draft. I'm looking at corner, looking at defensive end. I'm looking at possibly tight end, depending on who's available. Now, Michael Mayer's going, Michael Mayer's going to be gone. Um, King I will be gone. I don't think Darnell Wright will be available. Um, could be at 35, could be, but I don't even think the Colts and Chris Bell would go tight in that early with him. I mean, you um, could you could get a Luke Musgraves from Oregon State. Yes. He's really good as well. Yes. And so I think that those are the things that I'm looking for. I you kind of you want to get another receiver. I don't know who you would get. Um, so my kind of thing is at maybe slot receiver, maybe quarterback, offensive tackle, defensive end, corner. You gotta try to knock out one of those with your, I think, two second round picks in this draft. Like you have to. Let, let's 
play a hypothetical game yeah. here real quick because I've been high on this guy. I I remember watching the combine. I I watched tape before mm-hmm. watching play and been like, why is this guy not getting more, talked about more? I watched the the combine. The ball popped out of his hand. Well, everything. Colts take Tyree Wilson, Will Anderson, whoever, fourth overall pick. Okay. Trade back in the second round, and they get DTR, Dorian Thompson-Robinson from UCLA. I think that it's a sneaky pick that I think will wind up working, in my opinion. I love DTR. I think he's I think he's a really good – because I think Hooker probably goes in the back half of the first round, to be honest. Yeah. I think yeah. – Minnesota probably takes him at like 24 or 25. So if you wait till the second round, I do think DTR is a guy who is going to play a long, long time in the league. So you keep throwing out these scenarios that I've never thought about because I don't want to think about these wild things happening. However, however, he might work with Shane Steichen. I think that that quarterback coach combination, I think that'll work. Um, and I keep saying this out. People may be like, well, dude, why are you why are you guys off of Will, Will Levis and Anthony Richardson? Watch the tape. Part of the, yes, yes. Will Levis to me, I've just never been high on at all. Over the weekend, um, I think it was actually Monday, the SEC network was replaying the Florida versus Kentucky game from I think week two of the college football season. And granted, there was a play that Will Levis threw a touchdown pass on, and everyone's like, Ooh, this guy has a big arm. He makes he 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 he's a he has an arm that you want. Still, he underthrew the guy bad. It was a bad underthrow. Luckily, the defender, the good positioning by the by the corner actually hurt him because the underthrow helped the receiver catch the ball and score. But I'm like, that's not a good – like, if you're trying to have a showcase game, this might not be it. Now, I didn't watch the whole game, so I don't remember, like, every throw that he made. Um, but Will Levis, I've just never been high on it. One thing that hurts Anthony Richardson is just his lack of reps. Like, he hasn't played much college ball and I think if he were to stay in school and start next year for Florida, you would see a more a, a better quarterback. Um, almost said more polished, more polished quarterback. Won't be fully polished, but a more polished guy. And so I think those two things hurt him. But also, if you're trying to get a quarterback, let's say that they miss they miss skip on all four, maybe five, maybe Hendon Hooker too. The top five guys on most boards. DTR is not a bad option, and Shane Steichen, I do believe, can work with him, can help him develop has an offense that suits his skill set very well. If that happens, like Chris Ballard's like, I hear all the noise. I hear all the talk. I see these beat writers saying what I might do. I'm going to shake things up and not do what they think I'm going to do. I'm going to change it up and do things. Um, DTR would not be a bad option at all, man. It would It would not be. Um, once again, I'm kind of shocked because that never crossed my mind. But still, you've been doing your homework. You've been thinking. You've been um, working overtime with the brainstorming stuff. And uh, – it would work, man. I I do believe that would work if it happened. Once again, I don't think Chris Ballard has that in his deck of cards to make that move. I don't either. And I I've I I don't know if you've how much you've been paying attention to the off the ball network group chat or 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 anything like that. But I said the other day I've made a decision that I don't know. I would prefer if the Colts. If this is mind you, this is if. Stroud and Younger off the board. And you have to give me a choice between Richardson and Levis. I want Richardson. But I've made a decision that no matter what the analyst inside of me says, no matter what the draft analyst inside of me says, whoever the Colts take, 
I'll put my arm around them. I'll be their biggest fan and I'll root for them for however long they're here decade or whether it's a year and a half. I'll root for them. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, I'm a Colts fan. I want, I want the team to succeed. And if it works great, if it doesn't, I mean, I've already been going through hell for five years. We might as well just <laughs> what's, what's another year and a half or two years, right? Oh, Stu. See, the fan in me is one. The analyst, I, I try to be very uh, – at times I have these soft moments. I, I try to be a realist. Um, I try to call it how I see it. That comes the same way when I'm a fan. Like, I want to believe in you, but, buddy, if you keep getting beat and you can't block the defensive end 10 plays in a row – I'm going to have a hard time believing that over the next five plays, between plays 11 to 15, you're going to block that guy. Like, not just being the analyst, just being the fan as well. And uh, I, I'm going to believe in you a little bit. I believe that I believe in a lot of a lot of guys when they first get to the team. After you start playing a little bit, year two, year three, I could get off that train real quick because you can prove to me either you're the guy or you're not. Sometimes it doesn't take a couple years. Uh, for Matt Ryan, it took maybe a half. Because I just quickly realized <laughs> that Ryan is not the quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts, not just for the rest of the season. Um, excuse me, not just 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 for the next few years, but also for that season. He was not the guy. I throw human there on purpose because it's kind of how I got to feel right now, man. I, it was a rough season. It was not fun to watch, and the best thing I could do is uh, throw a little uh, comedy on the situation, so I'm not getting. Uh, mentally down about how bad the quarterback play has been from the Colts over the past few years. I'll tell you this. We'll move on back to draft talk here in a minute, but uh, we got, we kind of got sidetracked, but that's okay. It happens. Um, the most upset I've ever, like anyone who knows me knows that like I eat, drink, sleep, love football. They yeah. know like, and I remember it was the Georgia Alabama national, the Stetson Bennett first national championship. Okay. A couple years ago, the one in, in uh, downtown Indy. Yeah. I was looking forward to it. I was, I was so excited for it. All this type of stuff, right? Like I couldn't wait. I just love football. I love watching it. Couldn't wait. The week before the Colts lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars, but Carson Wentz is their quarterback to miss a chance to go on to play in the playoffs. They win, they're in, they lose, they're out. Obviously, they lost. They made a, a rookie, Trevor Lawrence, who at the time had the worst completion percentage in the league, looked like Tom Brady. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. I have never been more upset by a loss and didn't care to watch football at all. I took like a, a two-month hiatus from oh dealing my. with football oh because my. of how just – destroyed i didn't want anything to do with it i didn't care i didn't want anything to do with it i was just and even when we got matt ryan it was like uh it wasn't until right around the preseason i started watching some more pre i was like all right i'm ready for football it's never taken me that long to be like i'm ready for football usually it's like right after the draft i'm like all right can we speed this up I'm ready for football season so I'm just starting to get my my drive back, shall I say, in full swing to to be excited, dude. And I have a feeling I'm gonna be disappointed after the fourth overall pick tonight. Dude, it's a good thing you're not an Ohio State football fan because after Michigan beat them for the second time this past year, 
I did not want to watch. I did not want to do anything. I had to get away from football for the rest of the day. It was bad, man. It was bad. And I know it's Thanksgiving week here. So we, we give thanks to their family and friends that week on Thursday, the games that Saturday, it's a tradition for them to play high noon, whatever Fox. Great buddy. That just messed up my day. Now it wasn't a two month thing. Also granted, like I had, it's one of the things that was, when it comes to like doing the locked on Buckeyes podcast five days a week, if I wanted to not watch Ohio state for three weeks, I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. do it. It's part of the job. So I feel you, man. Like I know the pain. I, I know the pain when things happen to where you don't want to watch something you love because what you just watched tore you up so much that it's like, Hey, turn this off, turn that off. I know it's a rivalry game in the evening, Forget that, too. We got to get out the house to have something to clear your head. So, been there, man. It's not fun. Not a good feeling. Uh, but two months, buddy, that's a long time. I think this is the first time I've ever said this. on. I've ever talked about this on the <laughs> podcast. I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's the first time. It's just because, like, I'm I'm starting to get back into it. I can feel it. Yeah, yeah. Where I'm excited for football again. I'm, I'm yeah. ready. The draft is here. Let's go. All this type of stuff. And it's just like, man, dude, I I don't know. Like, I just have a feeling I'll probably be disappointed, and it's going to be another disappointing year, all this type of stuff. All right. So we kind of touched on it a little bit, but let's talk about it full swing. Mm-hmm. How important is this NFL draft for Chris Ballard, and, and how long do you think it takes before we judge him on this draft class? Like, I, I don't – I think if he takes a guy like Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, it's not fair year one to be like – they were horrible. It's a terrible pick. You're fired. I don't think that's that's fair because I think everyone understands that Anthony Richardson and Will Levis are going to take some time to be good. But at the same time, listen, I've been more supportive of Ballard than you have. That's I think that's fair to say. I yeah. think that's that's very I believe in him more than I think most people at this point that are Colts fans do. But my point remains. I don't know how long he's going to have to to do to to figure it out. Like I I don't know. Maybe a year. He may have two years. He may have this year and next year, and then he may get fired. But I I just think that he'll get the benefit of the doubt if it's Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. They'll give him a year to to let him figure it out. But then year two, it's got to it's got to start clicking or Ballard's gone. In my opinion, I think that's what happens. We one maybe two years, Stu. If that happens, I might go on an Indianapolis Colts little um uh, vacation where I'm not watching the football. So I don't know if I could watch two more years of a roster that he's constructing play football. It's not just a quarterback. He is missed on offensive linemen. He's missing on tight ends. He's he's never or he's hitting on some tight ends. He, you don't have a number one. Um, he's missing on stuff. I don't trust him. I trust that he can do a D okay, an average job, maybe an average job at GM. I'm not saying he's like the worst in the league. I'm not gonna go that far. But for what we desire as Colts fans, Chris Bowd has not brought that to us. I don't believe he will bring that to us. And I think Jim Irsay is trying to not make it seem like he whiffed on both the head coach and the GM. For the second time, second cycle, he he whiffed on uh, um, Grixon and Pagano. 
they both were gone during the same summer, same offseason. And I think Ursa is trying to be like, well, let me try this once again. Well, actually, I think Ballard was a GM for one year with uh, Chuck McGuire. Okay. Well, same track record. Sorry. I I got you. You're good. No, no, you're fine. You're fine. I I forgot. I I, I thought it was the same thing. Um, But no, I I know. I do not um, trust him. He can save his job. Potentially, potentially. A good draft is great. But also the coaches that he hired, you have to believe that they can get the job done and develop as well. So it's not just like building a roster. He's also bringing in and interviewing the coaches of the team. So if the players come in, they're good players, but they're not getting developed. Is that on Ursay? Is that on Ballard? Is that on somebody else in the front office? Like, there's a lot of little branches to this thing as to why I'm not all in on Chris Ballard. Also, that's also a big reason why I don't think he'll do the right thing in the first round, um, either defense or a protector, somebody. I don't think he will. I think if he stays at number four, um, he either t- he probably gonna take a quarterback and be Will Levis and uh, Stu. It would not. I don't. It wouldn't be good. I I, I don't think that's what you need. Um, but yeah, man, he he could help himself with a job in the future. My faith in him is out the window. Here's. Here's what I think, and, and this is my opinion on this. I think he needs to stop being loyal, if that makes sense. And I, oh, it does. It does. Here, but I agree. Because here's the reason. A lot of reports have come out from Zach Kiefer, from the athletic who covers the Indianapolis Colts, and a lot of other guys. Chris Ballard has openly admitted that he wanted Justin Fields in the 2018 or 2021 NFL mm-hmm. draft. Mm-hmm. But he gave in to his guy, Frank Reich, because he believed in Frank and he trusted Frank and he went against his own instinct and he brought in Carson Wentz and he went against what he believed or, or what he thought and he he brought in Carson Wentz. He was going to take Justin Fields in that draft class in, in the 2020 NFL draft. He was going, if he had his way, he was going to do it. Listen, I know you brought in Shane Steichen. I get it. I understand you believe in Shane, but Shane's worked with Philip Rivers He's worked with Justin Herbert. He's worked with a variety of quarterbacks. I think he has to stop being loyal. And I think at this point, he's got to do what Chris Ballard thinks is best and just make the pick. If you think it's Anthony Richardson, you take Anthony Richardson. If you think it's if you think it's Will Levis, you take him. If you think it's Hendon Hooker, I don't care who you... If you think it's that guy, you take him. And you tell... Shane, you believe in him, but you're the GM, he's the coach, and he'll coach the team that you believe in because we've seen what the loyalty has done to him in the past, and that's why we're still in the same cycle that we're in right now. I'm with you at the cycle part, but I think your part about Shane Steichen is a uh, one that needs to be noted because with the quarterbacks that he's worked with, those are different. Like Jalen Hurts is not Phillip Rivers. Like they're not the same kind of quarterback. Will we see a production and a in a in good play from the guys that this young man is coaching? So I, I wanna trust a ballot hit with the head coach. I want to I got as much as I don't like him and I don't and this is the analyst talking, as much as um the analyst Jay sees Chris Ballard and the bad acquisitions via free agency or the trades or the drafts and the analyst Jay sees all those things. The fan Jay still wants to believe 
that Chris Ballard made a home run higher with Shane Steichen. That belief is also going to cause me to believe that whoever the quarterback is of the Colts will be fine. Back to the analyst, Jay. I see these guys in the draft. Some are better than others. Some guys that are four or five or six on draft boards are better than guys that are three or four on draft boards. Like, that's just reality. And so I want to believe that Steichen can get the job done and that Chris Ballard at least got the higher right. Well, like I say, I'm not on Buckeyes. It's literally to be determined. We don't know what's going to happen week one of the Colts season when Shane Steichen is the head coach and Chris Ballard is um, still the GM. We don't know. I say still is. I don't think Ursa is going to fire Ballard before the start of the season. I don't think it's going to happen. happen. Ballard would have to mess up bad for that to happen. But uh, no, man, I I want to believe in Shane Steichen. Um, I saw him do some good things in Philly, do some good things in uh, with the Chargers, and I believe he'll do some good things with the Colts over the next few years. I think so, too. All right, let's move on to the Ohio State guys in this draft. You're an Ohio State fan. We'll wrap it up with them. Um, listen, I, I don't mean to – how do I say this? Like, I It's funny to me or weird or crazy that all of a sudden because of an S2 test that – C.J. Stroud's going to fall out of the top 10. It's not locked. He's going to be a top 10 quarterback. That C.J. Stroud all of a sudden is is this or that. Listen, Jay, I had you on my podcast before Georgia played Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And I told you then, I said, hey, I think this is going to – I think he has a chip on his shoulder. I think he's going to he's going to come out against Georgia, and he's going to be the guy that everyone says he can. He came out, performed really well, played great, all that type of stuff. Everyone talks about like that's just a one game thing. Played Indiana, he did the same thing. Played Penn State, did the same thing. Even versus Michigan, he did the same thing. I I can pull out nine or ten tapes that show you he's been mobile all year. I don't know what these people are talking about, but he's been mobile since he's been there at um, Ohio State. Here's the thing, Jay. Saw Kayvon Thibodeau last year. I think you're going to see it this year. This prospect fatigue is kicked in with a guy like C.J. Stroud, so everyone has him dropping down the draft boards. And unfortunately, if he does drop, he's going to drop to a team maybe like Detroit where he backs up a a Jared Goff, and then when it's his turn to take over, just going to dominate for a decade. I, I think that's probably what's going to happen. He's the best quarterback in this draft class, in my opinion. I think I, I just think it's being overthought too much, and he's going to wind up falling, and he's going to have the last laugh. So when it comes to Stroud, and you talk about the games where he has been mobile, I think it's a, di- a different a different definition people use for a mobile quarterback than what the true definition is. I think when a lot of people see mobile quarterback, they think run around behind the line of scrimmage, be mobile that way, but then they add to it, Stu, run for first downs. I think that we've gotten so caught up into mobile, meaning mobile behind the line of scrimmage and on the other side of the line of scrimmage, that we don't really do, use the true mo- definition of mobile to say, oh, this guy's a mobile quarterback and this guy is not a mobile quarterback. Stroud is a mobile quarterback. He can move around the pocket and move around the line of, behind the line of scrimmage pretty well. At the same time, that Georgia game was different 
because he was running for first downs. He was playing the game of his life. And I have to give credit to Ryan Day. Like, Ryan Day did this with Justin Fields, um, what was it, 2020 season um, in the playoff against Clemson where Fields in the offense looked, looked like he hit a gear that it had never hit before. Ryan Day had a month to prepare for that thing, and he did a phenomenal job all doing so. So I think that when it comes to Ohio State versus Georgia, Ohio State versus Clemson a couple years ago, you gave a really good coach in Ryan Day enough time to prepare for that opponent, opponent have some added fuel the year before Ohio State beat Clemson. Clemson knocked Ohio State out of the playoff. Um, this year is Stroud's last game, so you know you want to go out with a bang. So I get all of those things. But with Stroud, man, it's – you talk about the fatigue. You mentioned Kayvon Thibodeau. And I remember Kayvon Thibodeau, he came out. There was an interview that he did. And I, I think it was on FS1. I don't know if it was on Colin Cowherd's show. But he didn't. he did an interview with somebody. And I remember hearing an analyst, a college football analyst – Forget the name. So I'm not going to say, like, it was this guy or that guy. I forget who said it. But they were talking about the way this man was dressing, the way that he looked, the way that he conducted himself, how he got the last word in on the interview. And I'm like, are you really just nitpicking to nitpick? Is this a, like, is this true analysis? Or is there recruit or prospect fatigue? I think with Stroud, it is the fatigue. I also think, Stu, the Texans might be putting – then controlling the narrative right now so they can still get Stroud to kind of have less phone calls, less people reaching out to them to say, hey, we want we want the number two pick. How about this trade package? Or we want that pick. How about that? I would not be shocked if it's them saying this or that about Stroud in a negative way and then eventually drafting him. Also, also, as weird as that may sound, the NFL, these NFL teams are really smart. They know how to get things out there. You will have no idea how it came, that it originated from them. But if it did, and if they pick Stroud, and Stroud finds out they doubted him, that'd be a weird conversation in the front office. Y'all drafted me, and you started all these negative conversations about me as well. Man, I want out. Could be. Could be. All right. So I think there was this time, because he hadn't played, right? Yeah. He was hurt. He didn't play. So – you know, certain guys were were moving guys like Jordan Addison up the board. They were moving guys like Quentin Johnson up the board. And Jackson yes. Smith and the Jigba kind of fell to the wayside. Then Jackson starts testing. Everyone starts digging into the draft. They go back. They watch his tape. And they say, oh, yeah, this guy, really good at football. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. with a, On a team where there was Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, I think he was probably the best receiver on that team. Oh, yeah, Jackson Smith and Jigba can play football and play the wide receiver position really well to the point to where he's probably going to be a top 10 pick now. And it's pro maybe he teams up with his old teammate, Justin Fields, back there in Chicago. And we've seen – man, has that ever happened? Oh, yeah, Cincinnati. Don't forget, you know, all those types of things. I, I, I think it's funny to see the full circle comparison – where everyone kind of forgot about it's like Eminem, right? Everybody forgot about Dre. Everybody kind of forgot about JSN. And then all of a sudden, here he comes. He pops out, and everyone's like, Oh yeah, this guy's really good at football. He's the best receiver. It's crazy how that happens. Guy misses football for a year. Well, basically missed football. He played three games, had five catches. Um, he got hurt and three the three games that he played. All of a sudden, Stu, he's out there in shorts. 
T-shirt, underwear Olympics. We're like, oh, my gosh, he's really good. No, you think? The last time you saw him play football, he was the best receiver on the team. Honestly, Stu, he may have been, some may say he was the best player on Ohio State's team that year. I don't know many people that will come up there and say that. Um, I'm just being realistic. Like, he could have been easily the best player on the team. And like Marvin Harrison Jr. from last year, he could not enter the NFL draft due to the years that he was out of uh, out of high school. He needed one more year to be draft eligible. And once he is, we see how he is. My thing with Njigba, well, is he healthy? And I think one thing that we saw with the combine and the pro day, you don't move like that if you, if you have a messed up hamstring. You don't run routes like that. You're not that good at the three-cone drill. You don't run the 40 like – you don't do those things if you have a messed up hamstring. Or if your hamstring is not fully healed and it can get tweaked quickly, you don't do those things. I think he's fine. I think his health is fine. And I say this – I said it before. I don't know if I said it on this show or not. There's a difference between being a college football, football player, even at Ohio State where the resources are – um, the best of the best in the sport. There's a difference between playing a, being a college football player and a professional. Sometimes it's access. A lot of it's time. He has those two things, access to different types of um, doctors and rehab and things like that. Also, he had that, not just the access, he has the time. He's not going to class. He doesn't have his entire day structured by the Ohio State football staff. And so I understand the hesitancy by some to say, oh, this, that, or whatever. He's going to have access to things he didn't have access to before. He's going to have time to, to, uh, to do those things that he hasn't been able to do before. He already has money. Like, he, the, he capitalized on the NIL opportunities at Ohio State. And so I don't think that he's going to get more money. Like, okay, cool, he made a million, a million and a half at Ohio State. That could be a signing bonus, buddy. So, like, <laughs> this thing real with you. So... Uh, I I think Njigba's good. I think he's really good. And if you were to go to Chicago, my thought is I hope the Bears have plans to get an offensive lineman or two in this year's draft. Because if not, doesn't matter who's on the outside for Justin Fields at receiver, Fields will still be running for his life behind that bad, atrocious Bears offensive line. Okay. Listen, I I said the same thing in 20... 21. Okay. Or 2020. I said the same thing. I said, the Bengals, I said, listen, guys. I said, I watched what happens when you don't protect a quarterback. I saw it. He retires in the middle of a preseason game. I've seen what happens. I said, take Penesul, protect Joe Burrow. No matter, I said this. My exact words were sometimes as a parent, your kids want candy for dinner. And you got to tell your, your kids it's not healthy for you. No, you can't have candy for dinner. Joe Burrow may be standing on that table and telling you, I want Jamar Chase, but you got to tell him what's best for him. And what's best for him is Panay Sewell. I, I've been where you've been, man. I've been where you got to get that offensive line. But I've, I, that's come back to bite me. They've gone to a Super Bowl with Jamar Chase and that terrible offensive line that I thought the Bengals had at that time. I, I'm not saying. I'm by no means saying the Bears are going to draft Jackson Smith and Jigba and the next year they're going to go to the Super Bowl. They got a lot more to fix than the Bengals had to fix. But my point remains, I could see them taking an offensive lineman, but if they don't, I think it could be fun. 
watching Justin Fields back at it with Jackson Smith and Jigba, and he's got DJ Moore now, and you had TikTok boy Chase Claypool, and then you bring in, you know, whoever else. I think it could get fun. I think it could get real fun real quick, and we could see an offense explode. And like we talked about with the Colts, you can get a Darnell Wright from Tennessee in the probably in the second round, a Dewan Jones, a Cody Mock in the second round, and protect your boy Justin Fields. But I think it'd be too good to pass up if if at nine Jackson Smith and Jake was still sitting there. So you say nine, and I recently on the JC was podcast on Wednesday on predicted the top 10 picks, how I think they're going to go in the NFL draft. And it's not what I would do, just simply my predictions about what I think will happen. I had nine going Paris Johnson Jr. to the Bears, another Ohio State Buckeye. And it goes to what I said earlier, got to protect the quarterback. I understand how good Njigba is. And I honestly understand, I think, first couple years, Njigba will be a better pro than Paris Johnson Jr. It's not saying Johnson Jr. is going to be a bad pro or even an average pro. I just think... And Jig was going to be that good. However, even though he might be the better player over the, over the beginning period of their NFL careers, you got to protect him. And I know if the Bears don't protect Justin Fields this year, they can be looking at going to a different quarterback after the season because of their inability to prioritize protecting their QB1. So I went Paris Johnson Jr. number nine to the Bears. I think it makes the most sense. Um, I was wrestling with that one between do the Bears go Skaronsky or do the Bears go Johnson Jr. To me, I've heard too many people say Skaronsky might be an interior O lineman, mainly a guard at the next level, not, not a tackle. And I need a guy that's a definite surefire tackle. I think Johnson Jr. is better than Project Jones from Georgia, which is why I'm going him there um, at number nine to the Bears. Um, and then the Tennessee tackle, I forget his name. Darnell Wright. Darnell Wright. I think he's more going to be um, late first round, probably second round pick. Uh, I do not think he's going to be a top 10 guy. I think Johnson Jr., his feet and his exceptional, his uh, excellent pass protection is why I do believe he'll be a top 10 pick. Um, I say that at nine. I don't think he's going 10 to the Eagles, but it could happen. I think at worst, at worst, Johnson Jr. goes 11 to the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, real quick, I want to ask you before we wrap it up. You said you did a prediction for the top 10 picks. Yeah. Who would you have at 10? Because I feel like I've been kind of ahead of the curve. And maybe I'm wrong here, but I, for who knows how many months now, have had Bijan Robinson as an eagle going number 10 overall since who knows when. You lost Miles Sanders. He had a career year of 1,400 yards rushing. You got to fix it. I think it makes too much sense because you have you have the guy in uh, Smith, Devontae Smith. You have A.J. Brown. You have your quarterback in Jalen Hurts. You put in B. John Robinson back there, and the defensive coordinator for Washington, for the Giants, and for Dallas are going to be staying up every night during the season, figuring out how they're going to stop this offense. And I don't think they can. And a read option with Jalen Hurts and Bijan Robinson, I don't think it's fair, dude. But who do you have them taking at 10? Because I could also see them going tackle to potentially replace Kelsey when he retires. We're on the same page. I got Bijan Robinson number 10 to the yes. Eagles. 
Um, also, I will say, if you're going to listen to my podcast, um, I did not do any trades in the top 10. I'm not trying to predict trades because that's really tricky, especially with the top 10 picks. Yeah. So I just wanted to go whatever the order was, go that way. But, dude, if you could give me Jalen Hurts and behind him, B. John Robinson, okay. This isn't Madden. Madden is not real life. It's kind of like playing Madden in Philly because that's going to be a nightmare and so hard to stop. Um, That one was not a really an issue for me at all. I wrestled with number nine. I wrestled, literally wrestled with five through eight. Um, Didn't really wrestle with one through four, which may sound weird. Five through eight were a little wrestle. And then number 10 was not a wrestle. I, it wasn't that hard for me to put B. John Robinson there. I think um, some may say why a running back in the top, in the first round, especially top 10, because he's that good. Like I, I think two go in the first round of this year. Two running backs? Yep. So here, so I'm assuming him and Jameer Gibbs. Yep. Okay. And the only reason I say that is, and, and we'll end it with this. You know, we'll have a back and forth, and then we'll end it with this. The only reason I think two go in the first round is I think Bijan goes in the top ten. I think he goes to Philadelphia at ten, and I really do think Buffalo sat there and they watched mm. that Chiefs Bengals game. Mm. Yeah, and and they said, why did the Chiefs win against the Bengals and we couldn't? The Bengals took away Josh Allen and said, beat us with Devin Singletary. Beat us with James Cook. Beat us with these guys. And they couldn't do it. They yeah. took away Josh Allen and made them beat them with the run. They couldn't do it. The Bengals took away Patrick Mahomes and said, beat us with the run game. And Isaiah Pacheco went nuts. And Isaiah Pacheco won the game for him. And Isaiah Pacheco opened up the, the passing ability for, for Patrick Mahomes to help them win the game to go on to the Super Bowl. Or, yeah, to go on to play in the Super Bowl. I think Buffalo's sitting there saying, we're not going to let that happen again. And if we get to the playoffs and they take out Josh Allen, we're going to have a running back now that you have to respect and you have to game plan against because we're not going to sit in the same situation that we sat in last year when it came to the playoffs and we're going to play for an AFC championship game. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that before the season, if you would have asked me or even maybe even Stu, um, how many guys running backs do you think will go in the first round? My gut probably would have said zero. For sure, if there was one, it would have been Bijan Robinson. Jameer Gibbs is good, man. Like, he's just so good. And if you can get a guy like him the latter part of the first round and you see how he can be utilized, you can kind of brainstorm his skill set into your offense, you kind of got to go for it. Because I think I think if he is not a first-round pick, he's one of the first two gone in the second round. He's just that good. Um, also, also. He's an Alabama running back, and I understand, like, you think Alabama, you have your own opinion about them. Reality is Nick Saban produces good running backs all the time, even to the point that Josh Jacobs, I don't think, ever started a game at Alabama, is a really good running back in the National Football League. So that's one thing where I'm looking at. Some people say, well, Ohio State doesn't really have good quarterbacks in the National Football League. They're coached by different coaches. They're playing different types, different styles of football. The two recent guys, Fields, is really, really good. And Stroud is really, really good. They both can be good, but we haven't seen what a Ryan Day coached guy can be in the National Football League yet. So let's wait and see. We do know Nick Saban, whoever the offensive coordinator is, does not matter. Alabama churns out really good running backs at the next level year after year after year after year after year. 
I understand he transferred. Buddy, I don't care. He's still good. He's still amazing. So I do think that's an added reason for him to go. Um, you may wonder how long is his shelf life? I don't know. Get him on the team and figure it out. He's not a traditional Alabama running back. Um, and not definitely not Derrick Henry, but Derrick Henry was taking all the carries, all he's the more touches of that Alvin in high Kamara school. Guy. I think he's a guy. You, you imagine if he stayed at Alabama because he transferred. I think he transferred to Tennessee. Yeah, he did. You could I, go very. With Jameer Gibbs, you can do a lot of empty backfield, move him out yes. of the slot, yes. throw the ball to him, makes yes. him a lot more dangerous, get him one-on-one with linebackers. And, I, I mean, there's a lot more to do with Jameer Gibbs than previous Alabama running Correct. backs. Correct. But he's also a very underrated runner, just like I think Alvin Kamara is Yes. overall. So, for me, dude, I just think that's the uh, – I the again, the only reason I think – to go in the first rounds because I think at worst Bijan's gone in the top 15. I think it's top 10, but I think at worst top 15. And I think I, I they've got to. They've got to be sitting in that draft room right now if you're Buffalo and saying, how do we improve this run game? And I get it. De- Devin A. Chain or Devon A. Chain from Texas a is a really good running back, all those types of things. Don't Don't wait till the fourth round. Get the difference maker, get the playmaker, and just go dominate. Correct. I, I I'm hundred percent with you. And you you have to. If he's there in your wheelhouse and you can find a way to utilize him, you gotta go do it. Like, don't second guess yourself. I second guess myself in life all the time. Decisions, am I making the right one? Uh, am I making the wrong one? Like it's just the thing I do in my head. You really can't do that as an NFL GM or head coach. You could get fired. If he's there, if he fits your offense, if there's a need you have at that position, like, okay, for instance, Stu and I have talked a lot about the Colts. There's really not a reason for the Colts to go get Jameer Gibbs because they got Jonathan Taylor. He, you can you can ride him as much. Now, if they go get him, you don't get a Jameer Gibbs that early. You don't get him that early if, because you're going to bring him in to be a backup. Just don't do it. If you got a need and you can get him at the end of the first round, just go get him. It makes sense to do so. Don't second guess yourself. I'm with you. All right, Jay. Have fun. Enjoy the NFL draft tonight, dude. It's gonna be a fun one. Um, I it's my favorite time of the year. I'll be cooling down after this. I'll have some interviews coming up. Uh, you know, we'll have Ian Eagle back on within the next couple of weeks. We're gonna have some, you know, other interviews coming up with throughout the weeks, and then I'm going on a vacation at the end of May. I'll be gone for a week. And when I come back, dude, it's the top 32 quarterbacks, ranking them all, back into diving, back into doing homework, back into to grinding all the time. But real quick, Jay, before you leave, where can people find you? What are you working on? Those types of things. Stuart, it's always fun being on your show. I really appreciate this invitation once again. You can follow me on Twitter at jsteven 7 Catch the Jay Stevens podcast coming out every Wednesday. Just yesterday, we... I discussed uh, Aaron Rodgers getting traded to the Jets. Um, Dylan Brooks talking trash to LeBron James. And then also my predictions of the top 10 picks in this year's NFL draft. Um, coming up over the month of May on the JC Wins podcast, Women in Sports Month, we're going to be talking, talking to different women in sports, their journey, things that excite them, things that they're doing new, that are new. And also just getting to know the, the person, the people behind, um, sometimes behind the microphone or behind the pen that's writing different articles. Also, Locked on Buckeyes. Every Monday through Friday, 
a daily podcast covering Ohio State football and basketball. I will be live actually tonight at the end of the first round on the Lockton Buckeyes YouTube page, reacting to Stroud and Jigba, Parrish Johnson Jr. getting drafted. I believe those are the only three Buckeyes that are first-round picks for Ohio State. And if you want to watch me live, solo, um, in full uh, display, turn on YouTube, search Lockton Buckeyes. I'll be live reacting to the first round of the NFL draft from an Ohio State point of view. Well, thank you for coming back on. Happy draft day to everybody. Happy draft day to Jay Stevens. Man, oh man. By the time you guys hear this, either I've gone full stress or I haven't. And by the time you hear this, who knows? Maybe I'm buying my ticket to the Super Bowl next year, or maybe I'm not. Who knows? But at the end of the day, a big thank you to all y'all listening. Have a good day, good night, good afternoon, whatever it is. You have a good one. And I will see you next week.